0: All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you. Another edition of the Rebels 247 podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and inside the Rebels. Hope you guys are having a good morning wherever you are. Appreciate you taking a little bit of your time out. For me and the podcast, it's going to be a good day. I feel good about today. I do. I think it's going to be a good one. All right, now, look, there is a lot that we have to get to this morning after the Vandy win over the weekend. All right. This is what we're going to knock out. We will, uh, we'll do plenty on the game. Of course, have to do that. We'll also get into some recruiting stuff. Uh, you know, a couple of kids that I know you guys are stressing over and I, I get how that is. I get what that's like. Of course, you're going to stress over a few guys and look, it's going to be like that till signing day. And maybe recruiting is different now than it's ever been with the way the NIL stuff is working and and all that goes into that. It's just um, it's just different. You know, it's just different. You know, things happen. But um, I still feel good about where they are on several of these guys in Mississippi, the ones that I see talked about on the board this morning. So we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Uh, where Ole Miss is stacking up in the SEC, all of those things, you know, some huge games from a couple of players that kind of place them on the map in terms of where they are in the SEC. You know, I can I can get into to some of that. I uh, hear on what is National uh, National Metric Day? There you go. Go enjoy that somehow. It's also Angel Food Cake Day. That doesn't interest you. It's uh here you go. I don't know what this is. It's national kick butt day. Okay. I'm going to click on that. Do y'all know what it's like whenever you're scrolling and we're about to get to Ole Miss you're scrolling online and you know, and you know, these headlines are created to make you click it, right? They're created. So you will click it. Well, I am the ultimate clicker. It doesn't take much to get the click as long as I know I'm not about to do something stupid and give somebody my credit card information or hack my computer. Barring that, I'm going to click, man. If it's like a a question to so-and-so, this is the worst. So-and-so, what do they look like today? It's 30 years later. I'm clicking that. But this one is National Kick Butt Day. How can I I not see what that is? It's observed annually on the second Monday in October. This is a day to give yourself A kick in the seat of the pants. How about that? This is for you. So if you woke up today and you're not anxious to work, you need to give yourself a nice swift kick in the butt on national kick butt day. Or how about this mental health day? You can observe that one. Lord knows mental health is tied with the sporting stuff that we're all following. My kids were ready to kill somebody last night watching the Mets. And I understand I'm right with them. Big Mets fans just embarrassed ourselves for the last month, but you're not listening to this podcast from a Mets take. Let's get into the game, right? And uh, early in that game, I'm texting a few friends and, you know, whenever I'm at the house watching the game, I'm posting on the board and I'm texting back and forth to, you know, a group of guys. And I enjoy watching the game like that. I do. I enjoy the, a couple of friends that are, you know, we're kind of going back and forth and, you know, early it's like, I don't worry about it. Roster's way too good, no chance of an upset, and you feel good about it. And I'm kind of sitting here. I usually tend to be more objective. Some people say more pessimistic. But you see these other upsets out there every week. You know, crappy teams beat really good teams all the time. College football is just weird. It happens all the time. So as the game kind of goes along, you know, you start getting a little bit more nervous and more nervous, and I can't remember which play it was. Can't remember in particular which play it was. Then everybody's like, oh, okay, now now this is it. Dogfight time now. This is going to be close. And, of course, it's Bandy, which has been the bane of Ole Miss's existence for whatever reason. And they haven't won it much. They've won a couple big ones. But it's just the fact that they tend to scare Ole Miss. And the first half goes how it goes. But then, uh, then the Rebels come out in the second half, and they take care of business, and they win how they should have. 52-28. to 28. They dominated the second half completely. Now, what should you take away from this game? Okay, first thing I do is I look around the SEC. Let me tell you all something. You can make too much of games just one at a time. You know, you have to look at collective, a couple of games, two, three games. You, you have to look at a little bit bigger picture. So I'm not going to look at the first half in particular of a game and haven't changed my mind much on what Ole Miss is matter of fact, I haven't changed any. They're exactly right now what I thought they were going to be. But you look around the league, how does Alabama play a and like that? That game was close. a and had the game. How does a and run that play on the last play of the game? Have no idea. Just didn't look good at all. How does that happen? Georgia then wallops Auburn. But you look around the SEC West in particular, and LSU gets curb stomped by Tennessee. And then the AM game, now what do we make of AM? They're one and two in the SEC, three and three. Are they better than we thought they were? How did that game go like that? I don't know. But you can look at it the other way. Is Alabama, is that game now gettable? I don't know if that's going to be a thing when we get to it. Hopefully we get to that point in the season and it is a huge matchup. But yeah, you think of that game a little bit differently now. I don't know how that game was that close. You look at State's game with Arkansas, and yeah, it's a huge advantage that you don't have to face KJ Jefferson, but Mississippi State's playing well. They're sitting there five and one. They win by 23. Their offense is good. I think the defense is good. State's good. Like that's just top to bottom. That's a good football team. Um, and like I said, don't make too much of any one thing. Yeah, that's a, big, that's a big help when KJ's not in the game. But then you look at the collective overall, how they handle the game in the season. State's good. And we'll get into some power rankings tomorrow. But I think the West right now, it's it's more open than I thought that it was a week ago. If I'm going to change a little bit. And everything for Ole Miss to do what they wanted to do is still out in front of them. Now, the Ole Miss game in particular. Very happy for Jonathan Mingo. I have thought all year that the wide receivers are fine. I think the lack of production in the wide receiver game and the passing game. Two reasons. The running game has been so good, and the running backs are top-notch. They haven't had to throw the ball a whole lot, and I do think they were protecting Jackson Dart a little bit here. So all those things contribute. I don't think it's been a wide receiver issue. Matter of fact, I've I've continually heard kind of behind the scenes, no, the, we feel good about that room. There's, there are players in there. It's going to get better, and there's going to be a game when it busts. In particular, Jonathan Mingo. For me, and I remember texting this like as soon as the game started, and I've I've done this several times, Jonathan looks great physically. Like Mingo physically just moving around how he's running, he looks great. He just had not had that huge game. He and Jackson Dart not connecting for whatever reason. You know, it's new quarterback and getting acquainted with each other. I don't know what it is. But it felt like he was about to break out. And I don't say that after the fact. Like I said, I'm telling people that before the game starts. Mingo is, he's due here. Like he looks really good on the field. Some of these throws are close to hitting. They're just not hitting them. Then bam, that happened. He goes for 247 school record, two touchdowns, nine catches. The most yards receiving for any player in the country, I think in, the, in FBS this year. And now he's leading the SEC in receiving yards. Happy for that kid. When he came into the program, he had A.J. Brown label thrown on him, which is not fair because you're talking about a potential you know, NFL All-Pro player, Pro Bowl player. Now, that's not fair for anybody, but Mingo has those attributes. He's a big kid, 220-plus. He's very physical as a blocker. He does some of the things that A.J. does, plays a similar game. Doesn't mean he is him. But I was happy to see him have a game like that. And you remember early in the year, I think on either an interview or on the season or something, one of the coaches mentions going up against a first-rounder in Mingo. Doesn't look so crazy now. Because several people questioned that at the time. I think Mingo has a lot of ability. But he plays well. Jordan Watkins has 100. Malik Heath didn't get a ton of chances, but four catches, 26 yards. He's been good. He's 13th, 14th in the SEC in receiving yards. And then suddenly Dart goes for 4.48, three touchdowns. He was stellar outside of the two interceptions. And it's not just the two picks. It's just they were really bad ones. But he's learning. You you have to see what that kid has potentially at this point. Like, he played a great game in my mind. But I thought he played like that last weekend. Like, it's, it's coming together for him. It is. And Zach Evans played like Zach Evans, looked more healthy. Offensively, Ole Miss looks good. Defensively, I'm not going to make much of that first half. I'm just not. Top 10 team comes rolling into town. Vandy obviously was ready to play. Ole Miss obviously was not. But then the second half, it turned out like you thought it would. A.J. Finley has a big game. Troy Brown has been great. Thought DeAndre Prince played great. Defensively, that's a good team. So now at this point in the season, they're still undefeated. Big games here still in the next few weeks to get to the huge games later. But man, you can't feel much better about Ole Miss right now than you do. Trig injury is a bad thing. I hate that for him. Out for the season with the collarbone. He was kind of he was slow to come around. He's a he has a ton of potential. Ton of potential. Hadn't really played like that yet, but I think he was on his way. Um, but hopefully he gets healthy and comes back. I think they'll be okay there. You know, I like some other guys. Kelly, I think, is fine. You know, he's a better probably overall tight end, better blocker. His hands will improve. Um, the the young kid out of Texas, was his, uh, his last name was it? Um, is it Kyron Heath? I hope I didn't butcher that. But that kid has promise. I've heard coaches talk about him potential down the line. He's got to be ready. And then maybe they can do some other things with wideouts. I mean, Mingo's 225. I think they did this with Donterio Drummond last year where they played him in that role a little bit. And I could be missing something there, maybe for a game or two. But they'll figure that part out. But I hate that for Trigg that that he's going to miss the rest of the year. But um, hopefully he gets healthy ends back next year. But you should feel great with a a couple of big weeks here in terms of there's wins sitting there to get. You just got to get them. And they look more winnable now than they have all year you just have to play well, keep winning and hopefully that huge matchup at the end of the year with with Alabama, not all the way at the end. I think what would it be the ninth game. That would be enormous. But you got to get there. So one game at a time. But yeah, I felt great about a, about the weekend after the first half ended. That was stressful. Uh but but once the second half kicked off, you could see different teams showed up second half than the first half. I don't know. They get the Augie Garrido halftime speech. Maybe I may have texted that to a few friends that uh, somebody needs to show this clip to them real quick. And if you're familiar with that, you know what I'm talking about, you know, he would get after you. And I'm imagining somebody did that at the half and it happens. They're just, they're kids. That's why college football is so weird. Football in general, it just happens. But you have those down games, those down halves and but but they came out and handled business in the second half. Couple of notes on recruiting real quick. And tomorrow we'll do some SEC power rankings. I'll stack the SEC West. But I saw Sunterine Perkins goes to Alabama on a visit. And look, I'm not, I'm not dumb. I know what that looks like. I know what it sounds like when you're reading the quotes. And yeah, I saw that this morning on the board and and Hank South and those guys do a good job with it. You're seeing a lot of we in there. And look, I get it. I may be trolling a few people about that also on my end, but he goes over there and um, and that makes people nervous. Everything I hear on the old Miss end of it is is the same. But I'm not going up and down with these guys. Look, a player of that caliber, he's not going to just not do these visits. Not going to happen. If you were that player or his family, you would make those visits. Um, 99% of people would do that. It's a it's a once in a lifetime experience. You know, I have some friends doing it in other sports now. Like I was talking to um to Kevin Griffin yesterday. Of course, his son is Connor Griffin, baseball player at Jackson Prep, the best junior baseball player in the country this year, and he's getting ready to visit. He'll he'll be at Ole Miss here soon on his visit there. But these these visits are awesome. It's a great experience, and it's going to happen. So you just got to be prepared for it. From what I hear, nothing has changed with Sunturine. So we'll see what happens. Nothing in recruiting shocks me, but that's the latest word I get. Same thing with Dante Dowdell. If he was about to flip, I, I couldn't say it. Couldn't go down that road. Now, for one, I wouldn't spoil it for him. and And, you know, when you do those things, all it does is it puts so much pressure on the kids. And I know a lot of people, you shouldn't think about that, but I do. And that's just the way I'm wired. And that's the way I'm going to approach this. But I think things look good there. And then you just got to follow it and see what happens over the next few weeks. Could be longer than that, but that's something to pay attention to. That's probably the best way to say it. But he's having a monster season, too, and I'm happy for him. Great kid. Uh, He's just killing it out there. Racking up the yards. He did it again Friday. And they're on their way to potentially back-to-back state championships. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today. Always appreciate y'all listening. Have a good Monday, a kick butt day. Kick yourself in the butt, get some work done, get after it. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Chris Brooks with the Rebels 247 Podcast and the 247 Sports Network with Inside the Rebels. Y'all have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow.